Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Ebenezer family and friends. Uh, Welcome here this morning. Happy Mother's Day to every mom who is watching today. You are loved and you are valued. And today we take time to honor the impact that you have in our lives. Our sermon today is not actually a Mother's Day sermon, although some of the staff argued that it could be. But we're going to continue our Equip You series as we talk about the things that are on many of our minds at this time. The purpose of this series is twofold. First is to help you personally so you can navigate the season of social isolation well. And second, though, it's to give you some resources so you can answer the questions your friends may be asking as they process all that's happening in their lives and the world around them. By the way, all our services are online, so you can go back and catch any that you've missed or share them on uh, Facebook or other social media sites. Um, and so I encourage you to do that. Now, in the first week of this series, we looked at some God questions, beginning with the question, why? If God is a loving God, why does he allow suffering? Which is the question that people ask first. And the question, where? Where is God at this time? And why isn't he stepping in to stop this? In week two, we looked at some better questions. The question of who? Who is God? Because the image we carry of who God is will dramatically shape and influence our lives. And the second question of what? What does God want to say to us at this time? And then last week, we had several of our staff share their stories of who the, the, who the God of the Bible is and how that truth continues to shape and influence your life today. Now today, we're going to get very practical, and we're going to answer some very real-life questions that you and others are asking. For example, here are a few of the questions that came my way. One was, can God help me deal with the anxiety I'm feeling right now? Another question was, can God help me cope with the loneliness loneliness I'm feeling during this period of social isolation? Another question was, can God help me in the face of fears that seem to be overtaking me right now? Now, at the core of these and other similar questions seems to be the broader question. And that is, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted to deliver on his promises? Can God be trusted to meet me in my fears and anxieties? Can God be trusted to provide for my needs physically and socially and financially and mentally? Can God be trusted? Well, the answer is yes. Of course he can be trusted because he is true to his character and nature. So the better question would be, how can I live my life according to the truth of God's nature and his character and his word? This morning, we're going to take a closer look at several powerful and relevant scripture passages that are going to encourage you and guide you in this journey of trust. But before we do this this morning, I want to interview Heather Tomes, who is a clinical director and head psychologist at Christian Counseling Services here in Saskatoon. And she is going to bring us into her office for a free counseling session this morning. So let's listen in. So with me today is Heather Tomes, and she is the clinical director and resident psychologist at Christian Counseling Service here in Saskatoon. So thank you, Heather, for taking the time to join us this morning. I know that you have a very, very busy schedule. 
Yeah, um, listen, so let, let me begin by asking you um, if there's anything that, that you or others in your profession are noticing during this, this COVID crisis. Are there any kind of common threads or trends that are emerging that we could be aware of? Yeah, I think, you know, it's such an unprecedented experience for um, certainly our generation and younger. Um, and, and we just haven't been prepared to experience something on this level like a pandemic. And yeah. well, there's, there's quite a number of common threads that we've been seeing certainly heightened levels of anxiety and panic. Um, so for example, if you know before the pandemic hit, a person uh, would say, no, I'm not generally one that experiences anxiety. Well, now after the pandemic has hit on a pretty broad level, all of mm -hmm. us would say, yeah, anxiety has been a part of my daily or kind of regular experiences. But then even more, I think, for people who may have struggled with some form of anxiety prior to the pandemic, that's also been heightened. So, you know, much more intense struggles with anxiety for those individuals. So that's one thread. I think another would be, you know, the effects of physical distancing and social isolation are having profound impacts on people. There's this heightened senses of loneliness, um, feeling detached from others. And then there's just impacts in our roles in society, whether we are um, in a relationship or part of a marriage or we're parenting children or in our work situations, people are just grappling with trying to find mm -hmm. a new normal during really uncertain times. Yeah, yeah, abs absolutely. So, so what I'm kind of hearing is that all of us have whatever we were is just ramped up to just just a bit during this time. Totally. Yeah, I think I can I can relate to that, and probably others can too. So so then, um, since this is uncharted territory for most of us, then so something we're experiencing that maybe we're not used to experiencing, um, you know, how do we how do we discern what is normal, and how do we uh, know when we need to deal with something at a more significant level? Great question. And I'm going to focus a little bit, um, you know, kind of dive into this question uh, with a focus on fear and anxiety, because I, I, again, I think that's one of the kind of predominant challenges that most of us are dealing with. And um, I think it's helpful for people to understand that fear is a normal human emotion. Mm -hmm. It's common. We all experience it. In fact, God's equipped us with the ability to feel fear and for really good reasons. You know, anybody who is a parent or has been around little children, there's a, a good, uh, good reason to, to help them to understand the positive role of fear. You don't want them to put their little hands in a fire or on top of a hot stove. So um, fear is normal. It's natural. It's yeah. adaptive, but it's uncomfortable. Uh, I would say, you know, there's emotions that are certainly more comfortable and enjoyable to experience, and fear isn't usually one of those. And so we either try to distance ourselves from fear, yeah. or we try to numb it out. You know, maybe we'll uh, watch a show on Netflix, or uh, pick up something to eat to try to soothe ourselves in some way. Yeah. And both of those strategies for dealing with fear um, have their place in the short term. But if we're doing that continuously over a longer period of time, 
then neither of those responses are going to be really helpful in the long term. So there's um, a strategy that I like to share with people to help them when they're realizing that they're feeling fear. And I'll maybe just take a moment to kind of talk us through that right now. Um, so when a person is feeling fear, like I said, you know, they may try to distance or numb it out, yeah. but actually doing the opposite can be so empowering. Mm. And that is to face it and embrace it. And what I mean by that is just three simple steps. Recognize I'm feeling fear, name it for yourself. Yeah. And sometimes it can be really helpful you know, um, to tune in to like a resource, like a feelings wheel or a feelings chart, or sometimes people may have seen in their doctor's office or somewhere else a feelings poster that lists kind of all these different emotions. Well, tune in, identify what you're feeling. In, in this case, name the fear. Yeah. Validate it is the second step. Give yourself permission to feel it. Um, recognize it's normal, it's natural. I'm just being a human in experiencing this emotion of fear. Um, and, and I think it's also helpful to understand or to invalidating it to receive the compassion of Christ. You know, hmm. in, in Jesus' humanity, he felt every emotion that we feel. And one of those would have been fear. And so when we're feeling fear, um, I think it's important to connect with the compassion of Christ. He understands and he's with us in that emotion. And then the third step in, in dealing with fear is to process it. And at this step, you know, you can either kind of ask yourself, now that I've identified I'm feeling fearful, how would I like to process this? Yeah. Or we can invite God into that question and say, God, I'm feeling fearful how would you invite me to process this? And as I've talked with people about that strategy, the, the, the creative things that they've shared, they've heard from God, like that God's invited them, paint it out or run it out or sit quietly with me and let me speak to that place of fear in your heart. So those are just some strategies when we recognize we're feeling that really normal emotion of fear. Hmm, that's, that's great. I feel like I'm I'm right in your office with our congregation, just listening to you. That's that, that's that's really really good. God's never spoken to me about running anything out though. Just just want to <laughs> clarify that. So yeah, so that's yeah that that's that's good. Okay, so um, uh, that's really helpful. Now, what are what are some of the stressors that we should be looking for? Because I know even for myself, there's times where where I find that I, I'm reacting to something that I might not have reacted to quite as quickly or others in my house are. And so, you know, maybe it's good for us to understand that there are, are stressors that we could just be watching for. Totally. Yeah. And I think in kind of starting us off on this topic, I want to just talk a little bit more about anxiety. Um, you know, because as we mentioned earlier, we're all experiencing heightened levels of anxiety. And you'd asked earlier, you know, what's normal? What's maybe more of a challenge? Well, fear is a, a, a normal, natural response yeah. to uncertain situations. Anxiety can be a little bit more problematic. Um, fear is about, um, you know, seeing what is before us right now and having an emotional response to that. So an example that I like to give is, 
you know, let's say I go up to Waska Sioux, I'm doing some hiking, I'm on the path, I turn the corner, and there's a bear. Well, I'm going to feel fear. That's normal and natural. Um, anxiety works more like, let's say I am here in Saskatoon. I think to myself, I want to go up to Waska Sioux, do some hiking. When I get in my vehicle, start driving up to Waska Sioux, the thought enters my mind, what if when I'm on the hiking path, a bear comes out? Well, what's going to happen physiologically to my body as a result of that anxious-based thought is my body is going to respond by triggering the fight-or-flight response system. The, the thing is, our bodies actually don't know the difference between when we feel fear or when we feel anxiety. Mm -hmm. Our body is just going to respond the exact same way to both of those. Interesting. Triggers the fight or flight response system. That sets in motion this amazing system that God designed in our bodies to help us keep safe. Our heart is going to start beating faster. Our breath is going to become more shallow and yep. rapid. Shots of adrenaline are going to come out and we're going to be mobilized for action. Well, that's really helpful when we're feeling fear. It's not so helpful when it's just anxiety, where there's no real stressor around us. It's just a perceived stressor. And yet we're mobilizing that fight or flight response system. And so it can be really helpful for people who are experiencing heightened anxiety in these days to just get a few um, kind of anxiety management strategies to kind of cope with that so that they're not kind of spilling over that anxiety and stress mm. onto the people around them. Yeah, so I'll maybe pause there. I can talk a little bit about a few strategies that can help with anxiety. Why don't you do that? That would be a great time because I think a lot of us, you know, can, can relate to the anxiety. And, and so how do, we, how do we cope with it when we feel it? That's, why don't you go there? Absolutely. Okay. So in my, um, you know, counseling practice with people, when we're dealing with issues around anxiety, um, I work very holistically with people. So we go through the main domains of functioning. Yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of just do that quickly in terms of some strategies here, talking through, first of all, physical strategies. Uh, uh, when our fight or flight response system has been mobilized with anxiety, the most powerful and effective way that we can kind of cut that loop and bring ourselves back to a place of calm is by deep breathing. And in particular, I love uh, what I call it 4-8 breathing. And how it works is you take a deep breath in through your nose for four counts, and then you let it out through your mouth as if you're kind of blowing out birthday candles on a birthday cake. And you hold that count for, for eight repetitions. Then you just do that whole thing again 10 times. Now, I say to people, don't do this when you're driving a vehicle or when you're operating heavy machinery. It's best done, you know, when you're in a situation that you can kind of focus on the deep breathing and you'll instantly notice that your anxiety level drops because you're getting all that great oxygen into your muscles that your body needs to calm down. So that's a great physical strategy mentally or cognitively to deal with the anxiety it can be helpful to practice calming self-talk and what i mean by that is you know they're just short helpful phrases that bring a sense of focus back to a person things like i'm okay i'm safe 
There's no immediate danger around me right now. Yeah. God's with me. He's helped me to get through difficult things before. He's going to help me get through this again. Or something like, I'm not always going to feel the way that I do right now. So those are just some helpful kind of mental or positive strategies. Um, spiritual strategies. I love Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of Christ will guard your heart and your mind. And the thing I love about scripture is good science actually confirms scriptural principles, right? Yeah. And science is now demonstrating um, this powerful effect of an attitude of gratitude. So when we take a few moments to quiet our mind and think through what are 10 things that I am thankful for right now, it actually has such a powerful effect because it reminds us of the ways that God has provided for us. And it reinforces that sense of peace that God will continue to be with me and provide for me. Hmm. Plus that attitude of gratitude, science is showing it just releases all these great neurotransmitters in our brain, things like dopamine and serotonin that help us feel more peaceful and calm. So those are just a few strategies for anybody who finds themselves grappling with anxiety these days, which is most of us. Right. I was going to say that for anyone, any of us that have experienced that, uh, these strategies are helpful. And, and I love your, your very holistic balance. Um, sometimes we just think of one dimension. We just think, well, just spiritual, I'll just pray it out. But it's, it's our physical well-being and it's our, our emotional or mental well-being that we're working with. And so I think those who are, were very helpful. Again, I, I feel like I'm I'm sitting in your office and you're you're giving me a counseling session. I'm writing notes and taking everything down. So that that's that's great. Um, w- one last question. So um, how do we how do we uh, lead others through this? So a lot of us we're, we're maybe community community leaders in our neighborhoods in our, our Christ, or in our church maybe at school or maybe we are a workplace leader. We have a business and we, our employees we're looking after. Or even we're a parent at home and we're watching our kids experience this anxiety. So are there any words of wisdom you can give to us as we kind of help others navigate this season? Definitely. Yeah, such a great question. I think, you know, um, one of the amazing things about leaders is leaders are so often mobilized to be attuned to the needs of others, right? That's such an important part of leadership. And so I hardly have to talk about that piece in terms of leadership, because I just think that that comes naturally to people uh, who are in a position of of leadership. But more so, I think almost counterintuitive to those who are in leadership are concepts like um, maybe self-care or what does self-leadership look like in the midst of the challenges that, you know, I'm dealing with and people around me are dealing with. And it's really hard as a leader to um, give out to others what we haven't first received. And, And that goes kind of across the board. And so if we're depleted, if we're stressed, if we're anxious, if we haven't taken time to manage our emotions and self-regulate, it's going to be hard to do that with others, whether it's people we lead in our business or organization, or it's children that we're providing leadership to. 
um, you know, little ones just pick up on adult emotions more quickly than adults pick up on adult emotions. So there's a real place for us uh, who find ourselves in all forms of leadership to just make sure we're taking that time to process through our own emotions, uh, to deal with those in healthy ways, and to practice really great self-care. And what I mean by that is usually when I work with people uh, around the topic of self-care, again, we talk about it holistically. We talk about the importance of um, eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. So being really mindful of getting a good rest. We talk about healthy exercise to titrate off, you know, those feelings of stress and anxiety. Uh, We talk about healthy nutrition, positive social connection, and spiritual connection. And I think those are some really important concepts for people in all forms of leadership to keep in mind during these difficult times. Yeah, and those are the things that we tend to uh, push away when we feel stressed and busy. I know I want to try and edit this part of the video away from my wife because she'll come back to me and say that I need to, I need to listen to what you're saying here. So uh, listen, Heather, that, that was fantastic. And, and thank you for bringing like a, a perspective that a lot of us don't always um, see or realize just to know what's normal when we need to be able to respond to things. And even just some really helpful strategies along the way in in terms of setting up some new routines for our lives during this time and making sure that that we're caring for ourselves so that we can care effectively for others. So so that was great. I I, thank you again so much for being with us today. I know you have lots on the go uh, right now. And so this is a real blessing to us that you would invite us into your office and share some of your good wisdom. So thank you very much. Thanks, Leighton. All the best to you and the Ebenezer Church family. Thank you. Bye-bye. Our second guest this morning is a face that you might be familiar with, and this is uh, beside me is Trent Summer. Trent has been attending Ebenezer for the last uh, 15 years, married to Megan for seven years, and then now they have an 11-month-old son named Eisen. And so, Trent, welcome uh, to you. our stage here today. So my, my first question, and not to be disrespectful, is, is why are you here? <laughs> I was uh, I was asking Megan that question, and I was secretly hoping you would tell me that this morning. Well, you don't fit the mold uh, of everyone else. So you're like you're not a president of a Bible school. You're not, uh, not some kind of theologian from some place. Uh, so so maybe just share a bit about who you are and your journey, and then we'll fill in some of the details as to why you're actually here. Sure, fair enough. So I uh, I spend the day, as you know, working as an engineer. I've been a Christian for over 25 years, a little little over that. And uh, recently, relatively recently, five years ago, I started dabbling with this anxiety thing for the first time, and mm. I know that's not what we're talking about today. So it, uh, it was something that I did not struggle with for my whole life, and then started five years ago, and I've, I've been very much in the process of learning how to do that. Uh, as a Christian, I've, I've tried to do that with Jesus and not without, but I, I, I'll be the first to tell you I don't feel like I'm doing that well. Yeah. Uh, I don't trust God as much as I would like to, as much as I feel like I should. And so I'm very much in the middle of the learning process. Um, the, the good news is that it's, it's working. I'm seeing improvements in anxiety and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think that's why I'm here this morning. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, and we didn't plan this, it is actually mental health week this week. And so talking about some of these things and anxieties and fears are probably very, very helpful. Uh, the reason I wanted you here, Trent, is very simple. It's because uh, you're a person who's, who's normal, as much as that's possible. <laughs> you're, you're kind of, 
in the middle of a journey, and I know that you walk with God, and that's why I thought it'd be helpful to have someone who's not a clergy to come up and just share some things that have been helpful to them. So, so why don't you tell us just a bit more about this anxiety? Like, was it COVID-related, or is it something else? Yeah, absolutely not COVID-related. Uh, I said it started about five years ago, and it's, it's been almost entirely work-related. Uh, my, my job as project manager, it's, it's stressful, and it's been stressful for a long time. And it's forced me to start to recognize the difference between normal stress, even healthy stress, yeah. and not so normal anxiety. And uh, I would say in addition to the, the Christian way of dealing with it, I've met with a number of counselors over the years. I've read a number of very good books that have been instrumental in, in the journey. I've also been blessed with a really solid friend and family group. Uh, you know who you are. And that, that's been a huge support for me for the last five years as well. Yeah, I, I like that balance. Uh, Heather talked about that earlier with the balance of, of those things. So let me just focus on the scripture part for right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's been some scriptures that have been really significant to you. And one of those scriptures was Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. So just before I read that, why don't you just give us some context of that passage? Sure. Yeah, and this one came up a couple of weeks ago as well with one of the speakers. Uh, God's people, as you know, were, were in exile. They were in proverbial jail. They had been disobeying God for a long time, and so they'd been carried out of their own land into a foreign land. They were unfamiliar with it. Uh, there were those people among them who were telling them, hey, this isn't going to last very long. Don't bother laying down roots. Don't get used to this. And God actually sent Jeremiah the prophet to speak his words, and, and what he told Jeremiah to say was, get comfortable you're going to be here for a while. Uh, lay down roots, get married, pray for the nation, work for the benefit of the nation that you're in the middle of. Uh, and why I think this context matters is that God's people, uh, they, they were in jail, they were in trouble. They yeah. were in a time not uh, of peace. They were in a time where they desperately needed peace, Yeah, God's peace. And, and I think that's why I like this passage is that uh, we're in that time right now. This is our story. Yeah. We need peace uh, in the midst of this COVID situation. Okay, well, let me read the passage of Scripture for us. So it's Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8, and says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for, it leaves, for its leaves remain green and, it, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, is what stands out for you in that passage? Like, why did you pick that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a few things that stick out to me there. Uh, the first is that peace is, is possible, and actually it's good. You know, you read that passage, and it's this picture of a tree planted right by the stream, so it, it is amply provided for. It's got this flowing stream of water right there. It is exactly where it needs to be. So peace is possible, number one, yeah. and it's fantastic. Uh, the second point that sticks out to me is that that deep peace, according to that passage, comes from God, and specifically trusting in God. Uh, and the third thing that's really interesting to me in that, that passage is that heat, if you read it, is a given. Uh, drought is a given. It, it will happen. Uh, but according to that passage, the fear doesn't have to be a given. Uh, the heat is a given, the fear doesn't need to be. And whether it's COVID or something else, frankly, I think that lesson is, uh, is for us. We all need to learn how to find God's peace and how to trust God in a difficult situation, whether it's COVID or something else. Yeah, I like the fact that you say that the heat is a given because sometimes people, I think wrongly, think that 
if I just have a walk with God or read scripture, that all my problems are going to go away, but that's not the case at all. Absolutely. So, yeah. If we don't learn it now, we will in the future. Yeah, okay, great. Well, uh, another passage of scripture that, that you had looked at was Isaiah 26, uh, verse 3. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, again, why don't you just give us some context, and then I'll read that passage as well. So, uh, again, written about God's people. Uh, they were in this challenging phase of life, similar to Jeremiah, and they had this really bad tendency to put their trust in other nations, in other kings, in other idols, and to seek after those nations and those kings to save them. Mm -hmm. And so God sends Isaiah, in this case, to tell his people, look, stop pursuing those other kings, stop pursuing those other nations, those other idols for your help. Put your trust in God. Okay, and so here's what it says, Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. So why don't you tell us why you picked that passage and, and draw some insights out of that for us. So again, the, the few things that stand out there, number one, peace is possible, but it, it's perfect. Very similar to the Jeremiah passage. It's not just any peace, it's a perfect peace. Uh, the thing I really like about this passage is it actually, again, it says that trust in God is the source of peace, but it actually tells us how to trust God. Hmm which is interesting. And so if you're like me and you look at your life and you don't feel like you trust God maybe as well as you would like to, and that, that's where I'm at, uh, it actually tells you the answer on how to do that. And this verse says that uh, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you hmm. because that's the person who trusts in you, the one who keeps reflecting on who God is, who keeps reflecting on God's power, yeah. God's nearness, God's love, God's kindness, his ability to deal with whatever it is, including this, this pandemic. Yeah. And it's that staying our mind intentionally on God that I, I think results in us trusting him more. And again, that trust takes us to the perfect peace that we all want. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I, it really connects with the last few weeks because we've been talking about uh, like who is God and why it's important for us to know who that God is. And the question uh, for today is, is really, can I trust this God? And the answer is, of course we can uh, trust him. And, and when we do, that, uh, that God honors that. So let me, let me uh, ask another piece of this question then. So these are some ways and some passages that help us to put our trust in God and why we can. So what are some of the, the things that prevent us from uh, finding this peace mm -hmm. and trusting God? Yeah, I think there's two that came to mind for me. One of them is uh, taking a single-prong approach, and I think this is similar to what Heather was talking about earlier. But uh, if, if we pursue peace in just one way, yeah. if we pursue getting rid of anxiety in just one way, uh, I don't know that that necessarily always gets us what we're looking for. So, for instance, if I take the approach uh, in my own life of just counseling, I'm, I'm going to have a yeah. deficit in some other areas. If I take the approach of just memorizing scripture and I lock myself in a bedroom somewhere and memorize whole passages of the Bible, but never engage with other people in God's family, never engage with uh, counseling, never look into the possibility that I might need medication and do that responsibly yeah. through my doctor. If I take the single prong approach, there, there's a very good likelihood that I, I won't find the healing and the, the riddance of anxiety that I want yeah. because it's, it's a complex thing and there's different causes for it. Uh, the second thing I think that prevents us from finding peace is looking for it in the wrong place. And, and there's a passage again that I, I really liked 
that came up when we were preparing for today. Uh, it's in Isaiah 57, verses 8 to 11. And, and again, God's people at this time were pursuing other kings, nation, idols to find their peace. They weren't trusting in God. Yeah. And this passage, I, I recommend reading it later. I won't read it right now because it's a bit lengthy. But Isaiah 57, verses 8 to 11, shows God's people going after all kinds of other idols. And it shows them going after all kinds of other kings. And it actually says, you journeyed to these far-off kings and far-off nations with oil and with perfumes. He said, you went far, you spent a lot of money, and you were tired. The passage actually says, you were tired. You were wearied by the length of your way. Yeah. But you never got faint in that situation. He said, you kept pursuing. The passage actually says, you found new life for your strength, and so you weren't faint. And, and the very next line... God says, who did you dread and fear that you lied and didn't remember me? And I think the word me is a really valuable word for us to latch onto when God says it, because it shows us the things that God takes very personally. Yeah. And here's a case where God's people are pursuing these other kings and nations and idols for their salvation. And God says, look, you've pursued that, you've worked hard, you've spent a lot of money, you were tired, but you kept going. Why didn't you pursue me like that? Mm. And that, that really stands out to me. I think God takes it very personally uh, when we don't pursue him for the salvation, for the peace that we're looking for. Uh, and he also shows in that passage how ineffective the other way is, by the way. The, the peace comes from God. Pursuing other things for it uh, doesn't grant the same thing. And so right now, what are people pursuing for peace? Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's their job. Uh, maybe it's alcohol or some kind of substance. Maybe it is uh, the need for human assurance. Uh, one that I like, maybe it's becoming statisticians and we all dive into the internet and learn everything we can about COVID because somehow by my own knowledge, surely I will save myself. Absolutely not the case. Uh, I, I need to be pursuing peace from the right source and that's trusting in God. Yeah, it's funny how sometimes we pursue anything and everything else but God. And I was even thinking in the New Testament, uh, we were talking about this, but uh, one of the, in Mark chapter 4, we see uh, the disciples on the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up and they were busy bailing water mm -hmm. and Jesus was in the back of the boat sleeping. And the disciples woke him up. I don't think, you know, to calm the storm, they woke him up to, with a pail and just like start bailing here. And, and I've often thought um, they, they forgot who was in the boat with them. Mm -hmm. and. And sometimes I think that's, we have to be careful that we don't forget who's in the boat with us or who's the God of Israel or who's the God who's there ever present uh, with us all the time. And I, li I like that you use that. You actually just quoted. So it's Psalm 46.1 is something that I've been reading in my quiet time recently. And uh, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in mm. trouble. And I've been thinking about that word very. So to say God is a present help okay, God is aware of my circumstance and he's present. Great. Why does it say very? What does it mean that he's a very present help, not just a present help? And I, as I've thought about it, I think what it means is that, you know, the disciples in the boat and they're sinking in a storm potentially, Jesus wasn't calling out to them from shore saying, it's okay, guys, trust me. Yeah. He, he was very present. He was in the boat with them. And I think the, uh, the funny line that's been kind of going through my mind recently is that I, I don't think Jesus is practicing social distancing. Like he, is, he is in <laughs> our problem with us. He's not aware of it. He's not yelling from the shoreline. Uh, 
and he knows our anxiety. Yes. And not only does he know it from afar, but he knows it in a very personal, a very intimate uh, way, which, which indicates that he's totally familiar with what it is and what it's going to take to stop it and what it's going to take to bring us peace in the middle of it. He's very present. Jesus is not practicing social distancing. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he doesn't have COVID, so I think yeah. we're okay. Yeah. Okay, oh, that, that's a good one. And I, I think, you know, what I'm learning from today is that um, we, we have to have, if we're feeling different levels of anxiety or different pressures in our life, we just need to continue to remember that it's God's Word, it's the people of God, it's prayer, it's helpful counsel from other people, it's good exercise even. Like there's, it's a holistic approach to things. But in all this, we need to remember that we have the living God who has promised to always be with us, to never leave us or forsake us when we know him personally. And, and that is something that we can put our trust in. Mm -hmm. And so back to our, our Ebenezer family, um, I don't know exactly where, where you're at, uh, whether your anxiety has ramped up a bit or whether you're feeling calm. Uh, but just, just remember that we have a God who sees us and loves us and knows us, has given us his word that we can study and be encouraged by, and has promised his presence in our lives that we can trust him. And so I would like to close off just by praying for, for you and for any of those who are experiencing heightened levels of anxiety or heightened levels of stress in their life right now. So would you bow your heads in prayer with me? So Father, I thank you for this day that we can again open your word and we can see scripture come alive. I thank you for, for people like my friend Trent who, who love you and know you and who are walking in faith and trusting you and using uh, and understanding your word and, and believing that you are the God that's in the boat with them. And so would you continue to, to guide us as a church family? Would you continue to pour your hand of power and blessing on us? And may we know your presence in all things. And so, Father, I pray for our church family, that you would guide them, and for those that are feeling anxious, that you would soften that, that you would give them wisdom to know how to, to manage the people in their lives, including themselves. And so we commit ourselves to you, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you uh, so much for being with us again today. Mothers, uh, have yourself a great Mother's Day, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.
Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.